everyone. Welcome back. This is Jamie Caponetta, and you're listening to the Possum University Podcast. Hey, everyone. So, Jay. Yes. I hear you have some knowledge to drop on us today. Yes, I do. I think today we're going to discuss a topic that has plagued the minds of humans for a very long time when it comes to their dogs. Um, This topic just happens to be called barrier reactivity. So I'm pretty familiar with barrier reactivity working in the shelter. Um, Anybody that's toured a shelter has probably seen this a lot. It's when you have dogs jumping up at the glass when they normally wouldn't be as reactive. If they were out on leash on a walk um, or you're just in a room with them, they'd just be loving and come up to you. But when there's a barrier between you and them, even if it's just glass that they could see through, uh, they kind of lose their mind. Yes, they tend to look aggressive. I don't like to use that word. I almost consider it a bad word when I'm talking to my clients. I don't like to use the word aggressive because if your dog was aggressive, um, you would not be living harmoniously with them in a house. I like to use the word reactive way better than I like to use the word aggressive. So when you are in between your dog or someone else's dog and a barrier, that dog is going to act differently than it would if it was just next to you without a leash or anything like that. This happens a lot. Um, Like how John said in the shelter, if you've ever wanted to go adopt a dog and you just walk the floor, whether they're fenced in or it's glass, these dogs react poorly and they, they look intense and they look very unhappy with you. Another example is when your dog is inside and all of a sudden they see someone or another dog being walked outside and they run to the glass and they almost smack their faces on it. They're so upset and they're barking and they're lunging and they're acting out and you can't stop them no matter what. This also happens with fences. Same example. You know, your dogs are in the back and then all of a sudden someone walks by, they hear something, so they go crazy through the fence. Another example is having two dog-friendly dogs but being separated by a fence and they go at each other and it's scary and you're like why are my dogs doing this they're dog friendly it's because of barrier reactivity it is an involuntary reaction to a barrier being in between them and something else that they want to see Uh, this happens quite often it could be windows fences cars um Leashes. Leashes are a big one that people don't really realize that when they're walking their dog on leash, they go insane when they see a stranger or another dog and they're like, why is my dog acting this way? Why? It's because they're frustrated that they can't go to that person or that dog. So the leash is a barrier. Oh, absolutely. Yes. It's definitely in that category of a barrier, but a lot of people don't see it that way because it's fabric Mm -hmm. um, and it's not in front of them. So would you consider it frustration? Oh, absolutely. That's, That's all it is is frustration that they just can't do what they want to do naturally. What comes naturally to them, they can't do it. Right. Even if it's just coming up to you to say hi. Yes, absolutely. And I think that's really important. A lot. I've, all the time in the shelter, I see people walk past a dog that's super reactive. And they see the dog's name on the cage card. Let's say it's Lucy. And Lucy's losing her mind, jumping up at the glass. And all they say is, oh, Lucy's never going to get adopted. And they walk away. Harsh. And it's it's just, I mean, you can't blame them. It's ignorance. So going off of these, these examples, I'd like to touch on what reactivity looks like. Now, your dog could be the friendliest dog in the world, but if there's a, a barrier in front of them, um, usually the first thing you're going to see is a lot of running and um, excitement in the body. Um, a stiff A stiff body is another thing. Tail straight, sometimes wagging, but spoiler alert. 
not all wagging tails are happy tails. You're going to see the ears pursed up and barking, lunging, and sometimes some teeth. So I want everybody to be aware of what it looks like so you know how to identify it. Um, and sometimes when there's fences involved or doors, they like to go for the bottom and try to rip the door or the fence up with their mouths. Um, and just very active running the fence. Um, on leash, there's a lot of hopping and a lot of, of, of lunging. So just keep that in mind when it is happening. This, this is what you're looking at. And it's super obsessive. Mm -hmm. They don't break away from it. They don't stop until whatever they're reacting to goes away. I like to call it seeing red. Yeah. That there's no, there's no popping out of that. Unless, you know, it's trained out and you work on your commands and how to distract your dog and and to get them to disconnect from whatever's setting them up. Now, let's discuss why this happens. It's an involuntary response from frustration. So these dogs have no control over it unless, again, it's trained out and you work with your dog repetitively. Now, again, like we said last podcast episode, that most of these behavioral issues are not going to resolve themselves. Your dog will not wake up one day and say, I don't feel like doing this today and act appropriately. It's just not going to happen. It's just it's just DNA. And after a while, if your dog is pretty intense with it, it can become an OCD learned behavior. So how can we fix it? We can train and we can work on our commands and we can work on positive association when any of those barrier reactivities are in play. So how do you go about that? Well, let's start with what not to do in the beginning. Okay. I think this will help everybody understand what they've currently been doing and why it doesn't work. Now, if any any people out there that are listening have a reactive dog, they will know that probably the first thing they do is try to get their dog's attention by yelling at them, saying, no, 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 come over here, um, don't do that. Um, if you're on leash and, you know, a stranger's coming by with their dog or even just by themselves, you almost kind of get a little bit embarrassed and upset with your dog and disappointed. So you do resort to the no Um, most people will pull the dog back on whatever they're walking them on, make them sit, and then tell them no again. What you just did was give your dog a leash correction, tell them to sit, which is something that they do know, and when they do it, you yell at them. So they're like, I'm getting yelled at for something that I know how to do, and and it always happens when that stranger or that dog is around. So now they have a negative association with that stranger, with that dog. So instead of changing the reactivity, you're actually making it worse. So I know before I was a trainer and growing up, I used to do that all the time. And you're almost like treating it like a child that they can physically understand your vocabulary and why you're upset. In reality, dogs don't associate their behavior with doing wrong. So we need to change the behavior by putting a positive spin on the experience. So I want you to really think about it. The next time it's happening, I want you to stop yourself and remain calm and don't scold, don't yell, don't get upset, don't get frustrated because your dog is basically telling you, I'm always going to do this until we change my behavior. So just expect it. Know that it's going to happen. And if you do, you're going to put yourself in a better spot to deal with it more appropriately because you're not going to be too upset. How does fear play into this? If fear's involved, is it still considered reactivity? Absolutely. 100%. And then would the training protocol be different? Somewhat. It really depends on what we're dealing with. If you do have a dog-friendly dog and maybe that dog is being reactive to other dogs being walked on leash in their own home, then that's just regular reactivity. Now, if your dog is not dog-friendly and they're 
being reactive through the window, then that's something that we also need to work on in different areas. So it's not just the window that you need to work on. It's outside on leash. It's behind fences. It's it's always that you need to work on at a park, in the street. You know, it's it's something that you constantly need to work on. Whereas a dog that is dog friendly and is doing it just behind the barrier, that's when you need to focus on it. And that's more situational. So the consequences of not doing the right thing in that moment for your dog could actually worsen the behavior in the future. 100%. And that's that's, probably what a lot of people are dealing with. Exactly. And that's why I'm telling everybody right now, stop what you're doing. No more scolding. And what about confidence? Oh, that's huge. Especially for a dog that's actually scared. Right. They need to know that every single time that dog or that stranger or that truck that's passing by that it's actually not a bad thing. And that's on mom and dad. That's on siblings to really um, really beef them up with the confidence and really tell them, hey, you're okay. Don't worry about it. But don't get that confused with coddling. If someone comes over and your dog is upset and barking, I don't want you to pick them up if you're, you're able to or to coddle them and pet them and make them feel like everything's okay. Because if you do that, they're going to think that there's a reason why they need to be coddled. Because there's something scary, that there's something there for them to be scared of. In reality, I want you to just put a positive spin on the experience. Don't get tense. Don't get nervous, especially if you're walking. Because your dog can sense when you're upset. Just, you know, you can calmly tell the dog, all right, look, sit, and tell them they're a good boy or girl. And just give them confidence. I like to, and I tell Miranda this all the time, my assistant, when she's walking any of our clients that have this issue, that to just talk to them. Talk to them the entire time. If you see someone a mile away, just keep telling that dog, you're awesome. You're doing a great job. You're a good boy. You're a good girl. Kind of break their focus. Absolutely. And you're beefing them up before that person even comes in contact with them, before they're even in their visibility. So they're already having good vibes before that that scary thing even really comes around and they're aware of it. Now, is this a good time for rewards like treats? Absolutely. You actually want to reward before the bad behavior starts so you can actually lessen the behavior before it happens interesting yes so we can't give away all the secrets because we'd be here for hours and hours and hours absolutely but can we run through one scenario absolutely okay let's say i have my dog oakley yes and we're walking down the street and oakley's perfect on leash doesn't care when cars drive by buses drive by he doesn't care about the neighbor's dog in the window barking at him Mm mm-hmm But if somebody drives by or if somebody rides by on a bicycle, he loses his mind. All right. So this could be one of two things. Oakley could hate bikes or he wants to run with the bike. Hmm. And it's actually a need to want to go with the bike that makes him lunge and get excited and get and get frustrated because he can't do what he wants to do. So that's still reactivity. 100%. Yep. Absolutely. Okay. So what would you recommend? So like I was just saying earlier, if you see this bike, you know, from a mile away, you see it before Oakley does, then I want you to start working with Oakley on all the things that he knows how to do. If Oakley knows how to look, you're going to practice that. If he knows how to sit, if he knows how to give paw, you can just wait for this bike to come and practice all these great things with him and focus on him and have him focus on you so he's not too focused on the bike that's about to ride by. Okay. It's good to position him to see the bike though. Mm-hmm. because if he's turned away from the bike and it comes past him, he will get startled. And then that's, again, another negative association because he right. was bamboozled and then he's upset. Now you're feeding into the fear. Exactly. So we want to make sure that he can see it. So everybody needs to be 
an advocate for their dog on leash, not so much like we always talk about telling people, you know, if your dog isn't friendly, you say, you know, don't approach him. He's not that friendly or he's not dog friendly or you can't pet him. But you also need to be an advocate in the sense of being aware of your surroundings and understanding what's going to set your dog off. Yes. If you have a reactive dog, keep your cell phone in your pocket. It's not going to do either of you any good because the second they become reactive, when you're not ready for it, that phone's going to go flying. But you can have headphones in. Yes. And listen to podcasts. Yes, you can. Like this one. (laughs) Absolutely. The idea here is to really keep your dog calm. I know a lot of people say when they do hit that reactive mark, they go from zero to 100 really quickly. Now, I like to tell my clients, keeping your dog at an even three or four is really good rather than them going all the way to a 10. Now, to do that, we have to keep them under control and be ready for the distraction, be ready for the the stimulus that is going to make them reactive. So we just, again, like John said, being proactive is is pretty much half the battle here. And the rest is up to your dog to really focus on you and want to learn, which usually if they're food motivated, it won't be a problem. So it sounds like it's not impossible to work with. No, it's actually quite easy. You just need to be prepared. Um, I tell a lot of my clients if, you know, they have a bigger house or there's certain areas of the house that are kind of spread out that are reactive. Maybe it's maybe it's the fence outside. Maybe it's the front bay window that's really open. Or maybe it's the front door where you just have a glass door that opens from the other door. These are all areas where you can keep little small baggies of treats so you're ready. So you're not, you're not, you're not yelling and you're not scrounging around for something when it happens. Being proactive and being ready is really so valuable in this. Um, just like I said about the marrow bones. I have 15 marrow bones in my fridge at all times because I'm ready. I, d- I don't want ever, ever to be caught off guard when Oakley needs me. So it's the same thing with reactivity. You need to be there before your dog is even aware that there's something going on or there's something wrong. So you had an interesting issue that you're working out right now with our friend Liz. Yes, I do. So Liz is a very good friend of ours. We've been friends with her for years now. She's a dear, dear friend. Um, She has Nala, who's been reactive for a very long time now. She was fostered as a puppy, but definitely went through some hard times before that, you know, whether it's genetics or maybe something happened to her, you know, when she was born. We're not really sure because she's a rescue. So the past is unknown, but she is terrified of most men. Now, this includes Liz's husband, unfortunately. Prior to this, Nala lived with Coda, who it was an older lab, and she loved him very dearly. He recently passed, unfortunately, and we miss him so much. But because of this, she felt it was time for her to get another dog for Nala and get her out of her comfort zone. Now, because Nala is so skittish and she's so reactive to a lot of different things, including men, then Nala doesn't really leave the house that often, which is fine because she's safe where she is and and she's happy there. But because of this, she hasn't played with many other dogs. So Liz was a little nervous, which rightfully so, she should be. But it's not impossible. If your dog isn't socialized properly, that doesn't mean that they can't be in the future. It's just you take the baby steps to get there. So Liz made the courageous decision to adopt a little pity puppy from the Monmouth County SPCA. Um, His name was Snickerdoodle, and now his name is Bo, and he's super handsome and super sweet. And um, Nala wasn't loving him at first. She was a little weary of him, but then once he was calm or sleeping, she was completely calm. It was, it was more fear-based than anything else, but they're besties now and they're doing great. Now, the one thing that Liz wants to work on with Nala to help her just in, in her daily life is she's she's scared of her husband. 
Now, the one thing that he can do is lay down in his recliner and, you know, watch TV or even in bed, lay down and they're fine together. She will snuggle with him and everything is fine. But the second he gets up to move or walk, she is barking at him. Um, you know, no aggression whatsoever, just barking and backing up. Like she's weary of him, even though she's been living with them for what? Almost three years, four years. Yeah, at least. Yeah. So the behavior hasn't gotten worse, but it definitely hasn't gotten better. So we definitely need to change it up when she told me what was going on. And I really understood the full situation, um, especially with a new puppy coming into it. We don't want the puppy to, um, grab onto those behaviors as well. Now, this may seem tough to some people. You want to just have a dog and, just live a normal life and not have to do anything too crazy. But sometimes with these types of dogs, you do have to put a little bit of extra effort in. So my advice to him was to carry around a treat pouch, which may seem annoying, but it does really help. And it might not, it might not take as long as you think it, it will. Um, I told him to have a treat pouch on him because he, he does, you know, he works from home quite a bit and um, to really just have those treats on him. And every single time that he passes her, just drop a treat, a small, tiny little treat. We don't need to worry about her gaining any weight. Just, you know, having something in his pocket because she is food motivated that he can just drop, ignore her behavior and drop it because when she's eating it, she will not be barking. She, her attention will be diverted when it hits the ground and she will go for that treat. Now, if he does this for about three or four days, every single time that he moves or goes anywhere, this will change the way that Nala thinks. She will no longer associate him negatively. She will think, oh, he's coming towards me. I get a treat. But you have to do it repetitively and it has to be every time. And the idea is to really catch her before she even does bark. So working on commands like look really do help in this situation. But Nala's case is a little bit more serious. So, you know, you have to take drastic measures just to get her on a normal playing field with her father. Right. I saw it in person. It's really interesting. It's, it's almost compulsive. Yeah, it's, it becomes an OCD learned behavior for sure. As long as they do that exercise, I think they'll see a big difference in her. Yes, I absolutely agree. Um, Another thing I want to touch on is if your dog doesn't like strangers. Now, if you want to have people over to your house, what I want everybody to remember is that you should never go out to get that stranger and have them walk in behind you. Because the second you move out of the way, your dog's going to be like, who's that? And they're going to be upset that you bamboozled them and that they had no idea that somebody new was coming in the house. And you're actually creating that, that emotion of negativity for them. And they're going to associate it with that person right from the jump. And you don't want to start out that way. It's better. Most of the time, if your dog is a little weary of strangers to leash them up, you know, take them outside and have the person meet and have some treats on them. You can leave a baggie um, of treats by the door or string cheese, um, anything like that. So that person has it on them and they're ready to go go for a little walk or even just meet on the front lawn Um, just so the dog is aware and meeting the person before they come in their home, which is their territory. So you're looking for neutral territory. Absolutely. Yes. I think that that's huge, especially for dogs that are weary of strangers that we need to be on a, on a level playing field. Okay. So can we get a little deeper here? Yeah, of course. Our sister-in-law Meg Mm -hmm. had an issue or they're having an issue with fence aggression when there's a mailman or neighbors walking by with their dogs or delivery man Anyone that really walks by their fence. Um, so she's wondering what they can do when they hit that full-blown red zone mode where they're showing their teeth, their hackles are up. Like, what what can she do to mitigate that or or diffuse the situation? Yes, this this is definitely a huge problem for most people. If your dog is reactive and if you don't catch it, 
they will get full-blown red zone for sure. Um, the idea is to really try and catch it before it happens. And again, being proactive and ready for it. But if you're not outside and all of a sudden you hear barking and you run out, then obviously you have to do something. Um, but you have to practice your training before these types of things happen. It's not going to be fixed overnight. Look is one of my favorite commands. And I think it's one of the most important commands. It basically means look at me. You're going to get a treat. If you do this over and over and over again, when there's no distractions, they're going to turn around every time. Then you start to dive into doing it with a little bit of distraction. Maybe they're in the other room, um, laying down, relaxing, but you're in the kitchen. You have some leftover food that you'd like to, to train with them on. And you just say, look, and they all come running. Now she has three dogs. So I know when I'm saying they all come running, they all come running. Um, working on the look command is very important and adding distractions to it is what's going to make it work in these types of situations. They need to be able to break their focus if they're seeing red. The only way to do that is to practice with distractions, to practice in those moments. Now, I'm not saying that you should run out there and start yelling, look, when the distraction is already up to 10, when you haven't really, you've only been practicing distractions that are maybe at a a four or five. You need to work yourself up to a 10. Um, So maybe starting out with on leash. If your dogs are a little bit better on leash and maybe dogs, strangers, mailmen do still get a reaction out of them, maybe you see them perk up a little bit, they get a little stiff, you say, look, they should turn right to you because the distraction's not great yet and they didn't start barking. You want to catch it. And that's what we're saying about being proactive. This this helps in all realms of working on reactivity. So if at that point they don't turn to look at you, are they not ready for distractions to be added to the mix? Yes, that's pretty much pretty much what it means. I mean, you can keep trying. And, you know, sometimes people say, all right, I tried it when the distraction was at an eight and I got a response four out of the 10 times. Not bad, but it's definitely not there yet. So you need to pr- practice distractions at like a six before we get to that point. And make sure that it's almost 10 out of 10 each time that they're looking. So it's going to take some time. Absolutely. So in the meantime, what can Meg do to diffuse the situation without causing more damage? All right. So in that moment, when they're already at a full-blown 10, um, the one thing you can do... Now, you can only do this if you really trust your dog not to redirect on you. Redirecting is something that happens when your dog is reacting to something that's making him upset, but so upset that he is seeing red. But if you come into view or get in the way of it, sometimes you're putting yourself in the risk of getting bit yourself. Now, this just happens. Your dog doesn't mean for it to happen, but the frustration is so great that they can't control themselves. Again, they're seeing red. So if you come into play and you're in vision and you weren't prior Sometimes you get redirected on because the frustration that is upsetting them is nowhere near them that they can't do anything. Gotcha. So if you know your dogs well enough and you know they're not going to redirect on you, what are your options? So the best option is to take a very high value treat. I like to use string cheese because it's it's malleable and you can use it in that moment and not have to fumble with something else like cheese or turkey, but those work as well. Um, To bring it and kind of lure it in front of their face, away from the fence or the screen door or the glass, wherever they're at, and lure them back away, having their back to the problem. So you can say, look, sit, wait. Now, this only can happen if your dog is willing to let you snap it out of that red zone. Um, but if, you're, if your treat is high value enough, most of the time it does work. 
Um, but it is it is very important to just stay away from a dog that will redirect on you. So that's the only thing that you can really do in that moment when your dog is acting that way. Running the risk of getting redirected on, but also if you start yelling and acting what, acting the way that you normally do, then you're running the risk of actually making that a more negative experience for your dog because they're getting yelled at and you're making it worse for them. Um, the best thing to do if you can't lure them away is to ignore it when it's happening and just let it happen until that stimulus is gone and then you start over on training and and hopefully next time you've practiced enough where that same instance won't be as bad. Rome wasn't built in a day. That is very true. I think when you get a dog, you really need to come to the conclusion on your own that this is something that you're going to be devoted to and not care about the time and the energy that you're going to have to put in. Obviously, it's a little disappointing when your dog becomes reactive, but we as humans need to understand that this is a normal reaction this is not something that they have any control over it's very involuntary and you know we just because we love them we have to just do what's best for them and practice with them and and be in charge of that that's on us they can't say hey can we practice can we you know they're not like kids saying hey can you help me with my homework they they need you to take the reins on this and they need you to get in the way and demand change and that's what's going to be the best for them that's what they need the most they love you unconditionally so you should love them the same Give them what they need. I'm hoping that the information I gave you guys today is really going to help you guys understand more of what your dog is experiencing when these things happen and how to better handle them in the future. Practicing, practicing, practicing is going to be your number one thing that's going to help you. Um, If you guys want to learn more about the look command, you can DM me or you can message me on Facebook um, or, you know, set up a consult. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. Um, I love teaching commands. I think dogs are happier when they're trained. So if that is something that you're looking for and you don't think you can handle it on your own, you don't really understand the look command, reach out to a professional or give me a call. And how can they reach you? You can reach me on my cell phone, 732-685-9565. You can call me or text me. Also. Whoa. Jinx. (laughs) Yes. You owe me a puppy. (laughs) Just got you one. You can go to www.possumuniversity.com. You can browse it, check out everything about Jamie and her wonderful training skills, and you can set up a consult right from the website. Absolutely. That's that's an easy way to do it as well. So I think that's it for today. I hope we helped everyone out with this topic. And if you guys have any extra questions about it, again, shoot me a DM or message me on Facebook. And as always, class dismissed.